This is W T M. Watch this movie. What? <laughs> How you doing? Oh, good for you. Oh, wait. I drink it up. First, you gotta do the trouble shuffle. Obviously, you're not a golfer. Watch a few movies, take a few notes. W G M. Watch this movie. Welcome back to a brand new episode of WTM Watch This Movie. I am Eric Mulder. Some of us pump, and some of us slump. Joining me once again is Mr. Positivity, Wolfie T. You want to talk? We'll talk. I'm a sucker for good conversation. What's up? It's been a minute. Because one of us decided to watch about 10 Fast and Furious movies. <laughs> exactly, Tan. Delaying the podcast for once. I, I've been sick so much, so much the past six months or so. Like pushing off. Oh, I can't record tonight. I'm coughing. I got a fever. Throat sucks. Whatever. And it's the like last two weeks. I've been trying to record. You're like, well, the fast new fast movie's coming out. I can. I got three <laughs> more to go. Now, to my defense, I also recorded a guest appearance on the Midnight Movie Cowboys. You did. You did. And so that was a uh, another thing that took up my time. <laughs> is now available wherever you get your podcasts. Also on YouTube. Big news there. They have a video component to their podcast. We aren't so fancy. It's but, it's uh, just the it's just them or them plus the guests just talking. Yeah. When we were on with them before. That was before they started their video, their video output. And That's true. Uh, when we had them here, obviously we don't do video. So uh, I had been on there. Well, three special episodes, the, the sub podcast, the mirror ball movie cowboys. So I was on there, but yeah, if you've been clamoring to, to see Brett, well, you can finally see him now. Still know, you don't know his last name yet, but you can see his <laughs> face. <laughs> It's out there for the world to see. It was a good episode. Uh, in perpetuity. It was good to see you in your element, talking wrestling. I don't get to talk wrestling very much because <laughs> like, the only people I get to talk about wrestling with is uh, like my dad and my brother. <laughs> That's about it. What are you talking about? Or randos online. You talk about it with me all the time. It's just I don't, you don't, I don't know shit about wrestling. <laughs> I usually just ask you random things about what I see on Twitter, news stories about wrestling storylines and whatnot. Yeah, I always make fun of Mulder because he's always ahead of me on the wrestling. He knows what's <laughs> coming before I do. Uh, Yet he claims he doesn't watch it. Not really, no. I can't remember. That. Well, I don't even have cable now, so I can't. Although I do have Peacock. Don't you have Hulu? You can watch the weekly shows on Hulu. Oh, really? Yeah, Peacock, you can watch the premium live events. They're no longer pay-per-views. They're premium live events. Ah. PLEs. What about AEW? Do they stream somewhere now? Oh, you got to have a TNT or TBS account, I think. Okay. Which, uh, I don't know, it doesn't make a lot of sense. If uh, If you're overseas, I think that you can stream it on, like, the Fight app or something like that. Okay. But uh, 
in the states i think you gotta have a cable subscription you're gonna say something i was gonna say uh the uh subject it was wrestling in general but specifically the self-destruction of the ultimate warrior on my appearance with the mmc which was a hit piece put out by the wwe in 2005 for reasons unknown (laughs) (laughs) it's a documentary brett they're facts it was a DVD with a documentary where they made fun of stuff. Like he uh, wore a, a baseball cap on TV once and uh, he tried to sue Vince McMahon for ownership of his character and uh, the intellectual rights uh, related to it. And uh, <laughs> I don't know. Like we, we couldn't remember why it came out when it came out, but uh it was an interesting watch. I, I recommend watching the uh, the podcast about it because we had fun. Yeah, it was fun to watch, uh, um, especially that era of wrestling. I know a little bit more about, but yeah, very entertaining. You don't have to watch the documentary to get what they're talking about. If you're a fan of wrestling or a fan of us or MMC, give it a look. I'd be surprised if anybody hasn't heard of the Ultimate Warrior. Sure. Parts unknown. <laughs> <laughs> Jerry Lawler said that they build him from parts unknown because his hometown paid off the announcers to disassociate themselves from him. Mm. It's a fun <laughs> it's like, fact. Like don't don't introduce himself. Don't introduce him from uh, where where our uh, town is. Uh, we don't want anything to do with him. So yes, thank you to the MMC for having Brett on and. Uh, promoting our show they've been very gracious and nice to us over the years Uh, check them out subscribe rate them do all that stuff uh continued thanks to movie drone uh i see they're back i think they were doing their best impression of us they took weeks off (laughs) (laughs) they they claim they're gonna take one week off for vacation and then the, the week after they said oh we need another week off to recover from our vacation. And then they did an episode and then uh, one of them caught COVID, which is like, it's 2023. What are you catching COVID for? (laughs) 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 I mean, you're on an Island. I mean, come on. How hard is it to keep it out of there? (laughs) Right. (laughs) So isolated. I've been behind um, because of a, a death in the family. So I was gone dealing with that. So I'm behind on a lot of podcasts, but I'm excited to catch back up with Movie Drum. Um, also, wanted to give a shout out and a thank you to two listeners who happen to have their own podcast themselves. Uh, the first is uh, Ben, or Giant, if you are on the MMC Discord, which you should also join. Yeah, he's uh, been very supportive of us, and he has his own podcast called The Searchers. And they discuss a lot of older films, mostly Westerns, but not all Westerns. And not not yeah. the oldest films you can think of. I listened to their episode on The Verdict, just from 81, I want to say. Something don't like don't that. let them hear you saying that they only cover Westerns. Because mm-hmm. then Brent will listen. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, uh, that's what that's what the MMSC said, and uh, he set them straight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, it's not only Westerns. But Ben is very knowledgeable with the Westerns, as is the rest of his uh, podcast cohorts. 
But yeah, I'm sure you could get into it, Brett, talking about a lot of older films. Do you generally watch uh, older films more often than I do? I watch a variety of films. I also watch more new films than you do now. Yeah, you do. <laughs> Which is a complete reversal from when we started the podcast. <laughs> well, you're an A-lister, and I'm a dad. <laughs> we got different shit going on. There's been too many movies uh, this year, though. I had to miss some because I kept having like five new movies every weekend. <laughs> and now it's like, oh, here's one new movie. So well, all the big ones are coming out. They don't want to come out at the same weekend. I space them out. There's been a bunch of movies that I've seen the trailers for in the theater and then they don't come out around here. Like at all. Mm, yep. <laughs> pisses me off so bad. Another thank you goes out to Ian Urza. He's also been uh, very supportive of us. A lot of kind things to say. He has his own. Well, you, if you listen to the MMC, you've heard them mention a podcast called Land of the Creeps. And from my understanding, Ian Urza is kind of a newer addition to this podcast. And he goes over things like uh, he's very knowledgeable in Italian films and giallos. So he does kind of a giallo uh, segment uh, on their podcast, which is all horror all the time. Um, they're really passionate about it. Uh, I just listened to the first episode, um, not their first episode, it was my first. It was their top five horror films from 1983. So Sleepaway Camp was all over that. <laughs> <laughs> And especially if you enjoy the the long form podcast, that episode was I think around like three and a half hours, something like that. Um, they have a lot of different segments. It isn't just top five, you know, horror films to that whole episode. You know, they have uh, different episodes that go over a variety of different things and topics. But uh, I think our longest episode is about three hours and 15 minutes. Is that the Repo Man one? I want to say one of the ones with Zolly went longer. Really? Hmm. Maybe not much longer, but I want to say Zolly was on a really long one. Maybe Batman Returns or something. Yeah. But our longest is like an average episode length for them. Yeah. Repo Man was really long. Yeah. It was. It's because me and Stu were talking wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> sure were. But uh, yeah, I've. Uh, I enjoyed that podcast as well. I'm excited to uh, start listening to some of uh, Ian's segments on Jalos. Although I'm a bit wary because I don't want him. I really like to start getting into more Jalos, and so I don't want them ruined for me. So hopefully, it's more of like a spoiler-free type of deal, which I'm guessing it is. But yeah, um, we may be collaborating with both of those gents sometime in the future. Ben also uh, requested True Lies. For the summer, which we're going to do, because uh, we're going to do 90s action films, and True Lies is the perfect 90s action film for us to cover. Very good. I think we'll probably do six 90s action films this summer, so I'll be looking out for that. Am I missing anything? I don't think so. Oh, yeah, we're on Podbean now. <laughs> yeah, you forgot to say we're on Podbean. <laughs> <laughs> Surprise, we're on Podbean now, people. <laughs> So, you haven't noticed yet. It, it it shouldn't affect you if you use a different podcast app, but if you like go to our website, it might. Yeah. You can no longer get our podcasts through our website. You can still go there. There's the things we've written in the past, things like that. Everything else is still up. 
and will continue to be up there until November. But the podcast uh, is hosted now with Podbean. So uh, that's where it is. And there will be a new website I'll be promoting sometime soon. I mean, there technically is one now. It's I think it's watchthismovie.podbean.com or something like that. <laughs> you can find it on Podbean and click on the website. If you watch the episode of MMC with me, he put it in the show notes. Oh, he did? Yeah. Okay. It's basically just the podcast feed. There's no bells or whistles or anything yet. So that's why I'm not really promoting it. But you're welcome to go there. <laughs> yeah. Watchthismovie.podbean.com. Yeah. Now, the only problem with moving to Podbean is they don't have all of our episodes available, only the past 100. Because Squarespace, kind of a pain in the ass uh, migrating from Squarespace and some other hosting platforms from what I've gathered. Not all of them let you uh, import everything from your feed. So um, not anytime soon, but sometime in the semi near future, I'm going to repost basically every episode. There's supposed to be a way that you can do it without putting it in the front of the feed or the beginning of the feed like a new episode. So there'll be seasons and episode designations for every episode. Uh, that'll should be able to put it all in order. But um, yeah, sometime in the future, if you get a notification, like 200 new episodes, <laughs> uh, that's what it's going to be. So yeah, apologies in advance if you find it annoying on your feed, but uh, that's the only way I'll be able to do it. I'm going to have to transfer them one at a time to Podbean. Basically everything... Let's see, this is like 288, maybe, this episode, something thereabouts. So basically 188 and before, I'm going to have to repost. So get ready for that. All right. Well, I think we can start talking about The Wraith, which is movie one of two of our birthday picks. <laughs> it's, it's my birthday month. It's not yours, but here we are doing your birthday <laughs> pick on my birthday month took me a minute to pick a pick a movie technically it's called wraith the if you look at the poster or the, uh, <laughs> <laughs> the title screen because <laughs> for some reason the is in the bottom of the a <laughs> I don't know. it's an interesting design choice <laughs> yeah so uh you want to talk briefly just a little bit of background because i know I saw this through uh, your recommendation. Did you borrow it to me when I first saw it a couple years ago? Did you already have it? I don't remember. I must have watched it after we started the podcast. I can't remember if I reviewed it on the podcast or not. I thought maybe you challenged me to watch it in one episode. It was before we did challenges, I think. So I, I think I, I must have lent it to you and said, hey, can we do an episode on this? And you watched and you said, no, I don't think so. Because <laughs> <laughs> I loved it. I thought it was great. And uh, it's a bit wishy-washy. <laughs> you, you weren't as high on it as I was. Mm-hmm. So I, I've probably seen this about four times now. And uh, it, it doesn't get worse. I, I, I like it. At, just as much every time I watch it. It's uh it's got a fast, cool looking car, street racers, road pirates. Mm-hmm. Nick Cassavetes is a terrific psychopath. Clint Howard is in there. 
I, I mean, it's a it's a fantastic eighties teen action movie. Plus, you got Randy Quaid being serious. You do, <laughs> which is almost funnier than when he's funny. <laughs> <laughs> he's very hyperbolic in his with his dialogue in this film. <laughs> um. So yeah, rewatching this during the first first or second act, I was thinking, yeah, I was wrong about this. This movie is killer i love it and i think i remember why i was kind of wishy-washy on it because i think the third act is a big letdown from the heights of the first and second act now i will still say that i would recommend it i'd, I'd give it an eventually i like it overall still but for me the it just kind of comes back down to earth a little bit because the ending is never in doubt it's like yeah. superman and you know even in superman you know lex luther is a is a worthy adversary because he's intelligent. Like the, the bad guys in here are fucking dumb and they don't stand a chance against the Wraith. Well, the Wraith <laughs> has superpowers too. I know uh, much, much to the uh, Superman analogy. Yeah. And it disappears and blows up and reappears. And <laughs> it is the exact reason I made that analogy. I was just like, this is all, this is like a superhero who is beaten up over a bunch of dumbass jocks and Clint Howard. <laughs> Clint Howard, he gets away. He does. He yeah. he figures it out and he gets away. I like how uh, we'll get to it too. But at some point, the sheriff just gives up because it's like, well, clearly it was a wraith. <laughs> <laughs> uh, great soundtrack. We'll talk more about that later. Uh, but yeah, the the cars. Of course, I'm thinking as soon as I see the car, I'm like, of course, Brett likes it because it's a fucking Dodge. But it's we'll talk about that too. It's it's we kind of a dodge, really kind of not a, a dodge. You can't even really tell it's a dodge, other than like it's got the Pentastar logo on it. Yeah, but it's well, like hidden, like you, you can't see it. This doesn't like stand yeah. out. Well, when I first saw the back end of it, I'm like, that's the back end of a dodge, you know, that's like a challenger or something. It is similar, you know, that type of body style. The turbo. What is it? What do they call it? Is it a turbo? Uh I forget. They call it a turbo through the whole movie, and then like at the end, mm-hmm. like this is the turbo whatever. It's the only one in existence. Yeah. Oh, we'll get into all the details later, or the the fun facts and all that. Let's get into the regular details right now. So, the Wraith. It came out in a great year, nineteen eighty six. Okay, it was okay. It was directed by Mike Marvin. Mike Marvin, director of Hamburger, the motion picture. Ooh. From the same year. Yeah, I've never seen that, but I've heard good things. I heard at least one thing, and it was positive. <laughs> he didn't He didn't direct much. He, he directed uh, Wish Man in 1992. He did one episode of the TV series Renegade. In 94, he did a movie called The Dragon Gate. And then... Uh, he did some other stuff later, TV movie. He changed his name at one point. Like he went from, uh, what's his name? Mike Marvin to Michael Marvin to Michael Oliver to Jake Cassie. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. Apparently he wasn't very uh, sought after after the Wraith. I, I don't know why this is a critically heralded landmark of 80s cinema. Clearly the Wraith, well, I don't know. 
I didn't look at the box office, but the Wraith is definitely one that seems like it gained a lot of steam later on. Yeah, definitely. It's it's become more of a cult film over the past ten years or so. I'd say. Yes, it's uh, you see it on Twitter a lot. It's also written by Mike Marvin. She also point that out. Starring Charlie Sheen as the Wraith slash Jake slash Jamie Jamie. <laughs> Uh, Nick Cassavetes as Packard. Nick, son of John Cassavetes. Indeed. You may know Nick Cassavetes as the director of such films as She's So Lovely, John Q, The Notebook, Alpha Dog, My Sister's Keeper, and The Other Woman. He hasn't done all that much as of late, which is kind of surprising. I kind of thought he would just keep on plugging along. Doing so, especially if he made the notebook. Fuqua gets a new fucking action film every two <laughs> years. Why can't he get another rom com every two years? Director of the notebook. Here's his new one. Well, he's got two in post production that are supposed to come out this year. One is called God is a Bullet, and the other is Marked Men. Those sound like action flicks. Mm-hmm. And he's got uh, a couple in development, three in development, and uh, one in pre production, according to IMDb. But yeah, director of the notebook. It's real romantic. <laughs> That's on full display in this film. Although we also mentioned him as uh, in in the Face Off episode we did years ago. Mm-hmm. Love him in Face Off. I also remember him from uh, Life. Benny Murphy, Martin Lawrence. Yeah, I watched that once. I didn't think it was funny. Blasphemy, I tell you. Why do you why do you like Eddie Murphy's not funny movies, but you don't like his funny ones? It's weird. Uh, for the record, Brett is talking about the clumps and Norbit. That's I'm not it. I'm not, lump, <laughs> I'm not lumping those into his good ones. That's about it. The first good ones. Life was basically his last good comedy until uh, the Dolomite biopic. Life is not a good comedy. It's not, not funny. Him and Martin Lawrence funny. are great together. <laughs> you better watch it again. Just because he doesn't do fat jokes the whole time. That's why. <laughs> He's not it's in a not fat funny. suit. It's not funny. <laughs> uh, also in the cast, Be Still, My Beating Heart, Sherilyn Fenn, my favorite. Ooh! Well, I love to jump on her bones. Mm. She plays Carrie. Carrie Johnson. You see her tits. Yes, but not enough uh, for my liking. There's like two scenes back to back. One, you get like a quarter second of it. Mm-hmm. And then the other one, you get just like one of them. Yeah. And the quarter second is a rape scene. So <laughs> it's, it's not like, a rape well... scene. It's a, it's a love scene interrupted by a <laughs> jilted lover. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a murder scene. That's right. Well, technically, yeah. Uh, Nick Cassavetes hasn't slept slash raped her. So unless the other guys did, I guess she wasn't raped, but it's not a rape scene. It's a murder scene. She was sexually assaulted. No, she wasn't. She's naked while they're grabbing her. Wow. Unwanted. They also like threw her on the side of the road with a head injury and she doesn't (laughs) remember what happened. (laughs) (laughs) It's like Jimmy Snuka's girlfriend. She must've fallen taking a piss on the side of the road or something. I don't know. <laughs> um, Randy Quaid as Loomis. 
the uh, sheriff. Sheriff Loomis. Loomis is a very popular name in movies. He's the head sheriff in charge, is he not? He's the head sheriff in charge. We don't <laughs> need any deputies mucking it up in this movie. <laughs> I think that merch is still out there on our website. Yeah. Head sheriff in charge. Matthew Barry plays Billy. David Sherrill is Skank. Jamie Bozian is Gutter Boy. Clint Howard is Rughead. And that is quite the rug on his head. <laughs> he looks like a racer head. <laughs> he does. Griffin O'Neill played Augie. Chris Nash was Minty. I was wondering why why Augie looks so familiar. That's Ryan O'Neill's kid and Tatum O'Neill's brother. Okay. Any other people jump off the page? Otherwise, I think that's about it. Brooke Burke, one of the waitresses on the roller skates. Oh, yeah, that's a good call out. If you click on her IMDb, it's it's a trailer for some documentary like Rich and Famous, and it's just Hulk Hogan. <laughs> like, what's, you know, what's that TNT the... series? Yeah. Yeah. They're talking about the Hulk Hogan Gawker trial on one of those episodes. Mm. And then uh, there's another one on Dennis Rodman's trip to North Korea. <laughs> <laughs> I think. I don't know. Synopsis. In a small town in Arizona, a mysterious man-slash-spirit descends from the sky and manifests in a sports car and targets a local violent road racing gang of motorheads headed by a ruthless bully who will do anything to get what he wants. That was a mouthful of a synopsis. (laughs) What he wants is pink slips. (laughs) You lose the race! You lose your car! Okay! When the dragonfire crossing wins, you lose. You lose your car. You got that? <laughs> he says it about three times. You lose the race. You lose your car. <laughs> like I'm watching he says pinks. it before every every race. Yeah, I'm watching pinks again. <laughs> well, it's like Fast and the Furious one. <laughs> <laughs> you never had me. You never had your car. Fast X is really good, by the way. It's the the first good one since number five. I think yours is the first good review I've seen. Shocking. The only thing that kind of sucked was it's a a cliffhanger because they're going to stretch out over three movies. Over three? I thought it was two. Uh, Apparently Vin Diesel said there was going to be a trilogy at the uh, premiere this past week. Ah, what a douche. Well, I suppose, you know, once they get the rock back, you know, rock's like, I need a trilogy. I need some money. <laughs> Black Adam sucked. So it's down to seven bucks again. He's out of the DC universe. Jumanji, maybe we'll have another one. He needs, he needs a cash cow. Remember, he can't start a franchise. He can only save right. it, right? He's a <laughs> franchise savior. Just like G.I. <laughs> Joe. <laughs> and uh yeah uh, no spoilers though no spoilers for fast x see it on the dolby before little mermaid kicks it off this next week it's too late by the time this episode comes out i'm sure so i was so adamant he had to watch all those movies and see this movie fast x on the dolby can't wait another week i would have seen it on the dolby either way but it it helped kind of know some of the backstory yeah, right. I will admit that. Didn't help with number nine, though. Number nine still kind of sucked. 
All right. Well, the first notes I have are just like aliens, uh, car, or what the fuck? What? It's like some orbs flying down the highway, and they all collide to make the supercar, the from, turbo from outer, from outer space. Yes. <laughs> it's like the wraith drives a Dodge. <laughs> I forget at what point do you see the the wraith uh, outside the car for the first time. Mm. Is he watching the first race? I don't know. Well, I guess the first race is at night, technically, so it'd be kind of hard for him to... Because they show him off the distance all the time, standing on top of a mountain. <laughs> right, right. Well, I think the... So you see Charlie Sheen after the first race, you know, the next morning, but, like, in the full costume and helmet, like, I don't think you see him until later, until yeah. maybe after Augie dies. But anyways, yeah, so we get that. We get the, the quick introduction of the supercar, the, the turbo. And then uh, we get a happy couple driving their Dodge Daytona down the desert highway when they're uh, surrounded by street pirate, road pirates, or whatever they call them. Of course, it's all accompanied by the stereotypical 80s cheesy soundtrack. Yes. Which is great, and also some some uh, casual uh, threats of rape. <laughs> <laughs> Very casual. <laughs> Basically, uh, he forces them to race for his uh, his pink slip for the deed to his car. Um, Packard, we find out his name is Packard. He uh, he's got a Corvette, and uh, he's going to race this guy's Daytona, and he, they have incentive for him to not. Run away after he loses the race. So we're going to keep his girlfriend close by. Our first clip. Why'd you stop me? What do you want? Let me out Well, let's just say it's pink. Oh, God. Forget it, pal. No way. I might forget it. I'm a nice guy. But then... They think the title to your car might be worth something. Oh, I'm tweaking, dude. All right, buddy. Say you lose this race and you decide to keep going. says uh if you try to run uh we got your girlfriend and when we're done with her you won't want her back <laughs> you're gonna wreck her real bad i was wondering what's the skank tweaking on at numerous points throughout the film there's one point where he's drinking or 
snorting hydraulic fluid. Yeah, I think hydraulic fluid is his uh, drink of choice. Yeah, because he also he snorts WD forty one time. I think I think it was WD twenty. Yeah, okay. I, I I thought I figured it was WD forty. Then I saw the label had a twenty on it. I so what's the, I've never even heard of WD twenty. What's the... I don't even know what the difference is. Well, it's probably the different viscosity or something like that. Yeah, I forget if he has anything else that he uh, snorts or uh, drinks, but those are the two that I got. Um, which is funny because he's like the most lucid of them all. Like he's the <laughs> thinker of the group. Skank. <laughs> well, between him and Gutter Boy for sure. Um, Gutter Boy seems to be sober, but just very, very dumb. Yeah. <laughs> Which uh, they're kind of their own comedy uh, duo uh, on their own. Who else do we have? So we got Packard, we got Gutter Boy, Skank, Rughead, Augie, and then Minty. Which I don't think they say Minty's name until after he's dead. Hmm. So yeah, they... They basically steal this guy's Daytona and then they have a chop shop where they take all the cars and uh, chop them up and all that stuff. And, and uh, Packard, of course, he has to cheat to win the race. He, he runs the guy into the guardrail right before the end. And mm-hmm. uh, that's it. He has to give over his Daytona. I just realized Jake Geesey or Kesey is the name of the, uh, the character. And that's the name that Mike Marvin directed under in his later movies. Huh. <laughs> That's weird. I didn't realize that. So yeah, it's the next morning. Jake is on his motorcycle on his way to school. Maybe. I don't know. Carrie Johnson wants a ride. Uh, but she can't because Packard comes in and uh, <laughs> tells her that she's riding with him. <laughs> this is a weird uh, relationship they have. Because... Clearly, she's not with him, or she doesn't want to be with him, but, like, she does whatever he tells her to do, except for, I guess, she doesn't have sex with him. Well, you know, he's a big bully. Gets what he wants, except for the uh, except for the pink. <laughs> well, then they have a conversation. They end up going to the, the gorge or whatever. Like, they don't go to school. They go to the river, and... Uh, yeah. Like they they have a conversation at the river where she's like, "You think you own me? You think I'm just a piece of property?" And he's like, "Yeah, because you are. <laughs> You're my property. You're not going to be my girl. You're not going to be anybody's girl." So he's a real nice guy, real level headed. Mm-hmm. And this is where we meet Billy Hankins, who uh, decides to uh, put his blanket down next to Jake. And the funny thing is, they do a flashback to. Uh, Billy Hankins' brother. So he like casually brings up his brother and then he's like, oh yeah, she, you know, anybody except my brother, like she, she won't get with or whatever. Jake is like, oh, what what was about your brother? You know, where's he at? He's like, oh, he was brutally murdered. (laughs) In the way. But they show the flashback and like, it it looked pretty clearly to be uh, Charlie Sheen in the flashback. But like mm-hmm. nobody recognizes him as the brother, even though he's got the same scars. Yeah, from, from the from the knife marks. At the very least, because they they show that flashback a second time, 
and that then it was like clearly Charlie Sheen. Yeah, which is, must just be for the audience. <laughs> Let them know, hey, this is the uh, same guy. But yeah, they show the scars, and I don't know who, uh, I don't know what Jamie looked like, but <laughs> <laughs> he looked like Charlie Sheen. Did he look autistic? <laughs> I will say Charlie Sheen is terrible in this movie. <laughs> like, I don't know if he's under the helmet when they do the race stuff, but like, I think he Jake is. It seems like his body terrible. type, like his height and everything. Well, I'm sure they could find a body double to put a because he doesn't yeah. have any lines or anything. He's just gonna like stand there or like the one scene he shoots up the chop shop. Yeah, but you think he's not like a big name yet? At least not big enough where they would require a. We need a. We need a body double for all these scenes so, so Charlie can, you know, hang out with Corey Haim uh, offset. <laughs> this is like the same year as Lucas, I think. So I'm trying to think. One of the reviews I read on Letterboxd said he was doing a pot. No, Platoon. Oh, yeah, that came out uh 86. Yeah. This picture. So I don't know if he was splitting his time between the Wraith and Platoon. He must have done this before. He, he he was in Ferris Bueller's Day Off. I assume that was just a, a bit part. And then Lucas, also in 86. He committed to that. For that one scene, he stayed up for two or three days just to film that one scene. I've never seen Lucas. Isn't that a pedo movie? Well, that's the the you know the rumor about him raping Corey Haim was allegedly... Allegedly, I should say that for legal purposes. On the set of that film. It was between two trailers. While they're making Lucas. Oh, yeah. With the can of Crisco and all that. Allegedly, I should say that for legal purposes. I think I saw the family guy that made fun of that recently. According to Corey Feldman. As much as they try to discredit Corey Feldman, the more it seems like he's probably right. Yeah, I mean, also, the, you know, the more you hear about Feldman, it's, it's like, oh, so you just turned into the people who made you. <laughs> Corey's angels. Seems like he turned into a monster like the monsters that probably preyed on him in the 80s. Well, that's usually what happens. Yeah. It's a vicious cycle. I learned it from watching you, Dad. <laughs> yeah, so I think technically on record, you know, uh, Feldman alleges this. Obviously, Sheen's reps denied. I think even Corey Haim's mother denied it. But I don't She's know. It's a big mess. Off. She probably got paid off. I think at the time, uh, Sheen was about 19 or 20, and I think Haim was 14, 15, something like that. But yeah, and then allegedly, like, he kind of ghosted him right after Sheen ghosted Haim. Seems like Haim maybe wanted to pursue a relationship, and Sheen was kind of a one and done type of guy, I guess, as the story. Alleges. He seems to be the, the hit it and quit it type. <laughs> <laughs> well, he has enough money. He's HIV negative now, isn't he? Is he? I don't know. <laughs> it was one of those deals where he said he had HIV, but it never got to AIDS. And then it's, you know, it's, um, I don't know, it's like almost non-existent, that type of thing where it's like Magic Johnson. I can't even detect it in the blood anymore. Right. Just inject all your cash. Woo! <laughs> like South Park says. It seems like Charlie Sheen really hasn't done anything since that whole thing blew up. He's getting back together with Chuck Lorre. 
Trick Lori. This guy's name, right? Who did Two and a Half Men? Yeah. And all them other shitty sitcoms that suck. Yeah, he's not the lead actor, but uh, he's going to be uh, playing a supporting role in Chuck Lorre's new uh, series. So now Chuck Lorre's winning. <laughs> Tiger blood. <laughs> it's got HIV in it. <laughs> but anyway, so they do they do a flashback. Is it Billy's brother, Jamie, was murdered. Nobody knows who did it. So they do a flashback of uh, showing Packard and his crew doing it. Committing the murder. So we're not even gonna guess who did it. You're just gonna show us immediately <laughs> that it was Packard. Like I knew that guy was bad news. So they they really piled on. Like Packard is like the worst kind of guy. Just evil for the sake of yeah, evil. And, and Cassavetes is pretty good at chewing the scenery, so he really is. Um which I don't I don't know if I've seen him in much else. Um He's got that luxurious hair in the Wraith. It is very nice. It is very nice hair. He's shaved and face off. So it's quite the change. Because I've only seen him in three films. So I think. At least uh, off the top of my head, I can only name three. He was in Blind Fury, which I've seen once. I don't remember much about it. I haven't. I just haven't watched it yet. (laughs) Got that Mill Creek Blu-ray. He's in a movie called Farticus. (laughs) <laughs> 1997 wow I don't, I don't remember that one Life you mentioned he was in the astronaut's wife IMDB says he was in panic unconfirmed mm. uncredited and blow he was in the hangover part 2 oh I, I remember that he took over for Mel Gibson after Zach Galifianakis threw a hissy fit <laughs> Because Mel Gibson was supposed to be the tattoo artist. Yeah, he's Tattoo Joe. Zach Galifianakis took a stand. He was like, oh, we can't have him on our set. And then he basically went over and hung out with Mike Tyson for another film. Mike Tyson, convicted rapist. Yeah, yeah Mike Tyson, convicted rapist and, uh, you know, known beater, batterer of women. Yes. But uh, alleged Mel Gibson, nah, that's too much. <laughs> Made no fucking sense. Uh, Nick Casavetes was also in Prisoners of the Ghost Land and Queen Pins. So I've seen Queen Pins, but I don't remember him in it. Queen Pins is wait, uh, which is that the one where they? It's the coop, the fake coupon yeah, the coupon scheme. thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I did see that. They're very forgettable. With uh, Kristen Bell and Paul Walter Hauser. Yeah, he. I remember Paul Walter Hauser was the best part of that film. You know, Paul Walter Hauser is such a devoted wrestling fan that his character went home and watched AEW after getting home <laughs> yeah. from work. <laughs> yeah, I remember his uh, his partner was Vince Vaughn, right? Or like the FBI agents, correct? Yeah, I think so. Cause it, like the one guy worked for the uh, the coupon company or something, and then yeah, Vince Vaughn was like the uh, postal postal service guy, maybe. Because I think they're going to get them on mail fraud. Yeah. But yeah, they play well off each other, I thought. But other than that, it's okay, movie. Very forgettable. It's one of those straight to streaming COVID films. <laughs> I think it was supposed to, yeah, it was supposed to go in theaters and then it already got a real limited run. I, I think it was only like specific chains got it. All right. Back to the Wraith. 
Uh, are we to our next clip now? Uh, they kind of run together for me. I think we're a ways away because the, the next thing they, they go to Big K's Burgers, mm. which is where Carrie works. And we get a nice montage set to Addicted to Love by Robert, Robert Palmer. <laughs> Robert Palmer. <laughs> I think that's so, the only song of his I can name. Oh, he's got another one that's um is addicted to love the one with the uh the models in the video. I'm playing not the, sure playing the instruments. He's got at least two might as well face it. You're addicted to the There's no one of the weird L albums I bought had a spoof of it called Addicted to Spuds. Yeah, so he also did Simply Irresistible. Okay. Case of Loving yep. You. Of course. That's about it. Simply Irresistible and Addicted to Love are probably the biggest hits. Completely forgot about Simply Irresistible. Why don't I why don't I have that on my list or on my playlist? Why don't I own this? Why don't I own this? Why don't I own this? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. Uh, my list for later. Anyways, Billy and uh, Carrie both work at the Big K, Big K's Burgers. And uh, Billy tries to give Carrie a ride home, but he can't get the engine started fast enough before Packard and crew can show up. Mm-hmm. Of course, Packard won't let anybody give Carrie a ride home except for him. And uh, Billy says to him, if you're not nice, you're not going to get your burgers with mayo and Thousand Island, just like you love them. This <laughs> is uh, <laughs> just a terrible, terrible line. Hilarious, though. Just the way he says it, it's like, just like you love them. <laughs> with the mayo and Thousand Island. <laughs> Before anything can really erupt, the Wraith car shows up. Uh, they were going to make Billy race for his pink slip. I forget what he drove. He drove some kind of a British car. You knew it was British because it had a big GB on both windows. <laughs> <laughs> so Augie steps up to race the Wraith car. And they uh, they set it up. They start racing. The Wraith car gets way ahead, gets a huge lead. And then uh, Augie turns a corner <laughs> And he runs like right into it, but also right through it. And then his car explodes and he goes off a cliff and it rolls down and just blows up every time it hits the ground. Just a <laughs> little bit more. <laughs> just totally annihilates it. And then the race car reappears and drives away. And um, as we see later, this this inferno of wreckage does nothing to the body. <laughs> what sucks the eyes out of the the sockets, mm-hmm. but there's no marks on the body other than that. Must be a thousand degrees in there. I like when the cops show up on scene and they're like, "You think he? Uh, you think he made it?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then we get uh, we get Sheriff Loomis uh, on the scene to question the rest of the crew about what happened and who was driving the other car. I've been waiting to catch you guys in the act. Been waiting and watching. Congratulations. You caught us talking. There's no law against that, is there, officer? Unless, of course, I got my wires crossed. And you caught us speaking without a problem. it, wise guy. There's a dead kid three miles up the highway. 
Yeah, that's right, dead. Run off the highway and killed. Okay, pal. Time to drain the drug overdose sloshing above your eyebrows and tell me who the dude was driving that other car. With all due respect, sir. If you're putting us under arrest, I do believe we have right to counsel. What about you, maggot? You got anything to say, or your veins bloated with brain eradicator, too? Yeah. Well, who got killed? Augie Fisher. And there ain't enough left of him to stick in a cigar box. Hey, Loomis, I think you ought to see this. Oh, Murphy, what for? I think you should see this. That's ugly, God. Kid ought to be dog meat. Wait a minute. Yeah, Loomis. This kid smashed down a canyon through fire and busting glass. Must have been a thousand degrees in that car. Uh-huh. At least. Where's his eyes? Sent cats climbing up my spine when I saw him hauling this carps out of that canyon. Clean as if he'd come out of a hot tub. I'm worried, Loomis. Something ain't right. I like how oh, that guy says the word corpse. <laughs> that cat's crawling up my spine when they told, took that corpse out of that canyon. <laughs> Sent cats climbing up my spine when I saw them hauling this corpse out of that canyon. Corpse. <laughs> <laughs> Clean like they took it right out of a hot tub. <laughs> yeah, Randy Quaid. Uh, this is after first vacation film so cousin eddie was already was already introduced to the film going audience but he did have to really expand his role because christmas vacation wasn't until the following year so that was 87 or 88 so still a lot of serious roles for randy back then well even in days of thunder he was still serious actor yeah i mean he was pretty hot shit in the 80s. Yeah. And then uh, sometime in the 80s, or in the 90s, rather, him and his brother kind of switched. Like, who was the who was the, the lead actor guy and who was just, like, the sporting guy? I think it was after Undercover Blues, because I think that springboarded Dennis <laughs> into the <laughs> forefront. Either that or probably just forced him to, like, hey, leave the comedy to your brother, and let's just... <laughs> Well, they realize that Dennis uh, is a better looking man than Randy is and that he probably attracts more of a female audience because of it. Maybe not now, though. All that surgery Dennis has had. I mean, I know Randy is he's had his issues over the years that he doesn't uh, doesn't look like he owns a home, but nobody nobody knows where Randy is these days. He looks like he's on. He's an unhoused person. He is in parts unknown. <laughs> Squatting in parts unknown. Well, Dennis was, uh, he was selling insurance a few yeah. years back. <laughs> I don't even think that company exists anymore. I think it got absorbed into something else. Mm. Is that online insurance? I forget what they're called now. 
Jim from the office used to sell it before Dennis. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I don't know. Does Randy, is he still on Twitter just repeating what Trump posts on his uh, other social media? I haven't seen him on there in a long time. I can't remember if I follow him or not. I don't think I followed him, but once in a while, I'd, somebody would send me you know, one of his videos or it'd pop up on my feed or something. And it would just be like him with like a, a strobe light or something or uh, like flashing lights on his face, extreme close up, very uh, sinisterly repeating a Donald Trump uh, tweet. Yeah, look, he's still tweeting. And he's still very much a Trump fan. <laughs> but uh yeah. He's uh he's still active on the Twitters. He's only done one acting role since 2009. Last thing I think I saw him in was Brokeback Mountain. <laughs> yeah, that was 2005. Let's see. The last thing he did was something called All You Can Eat in 2018. That was a sequel. <laughs> That might be a it's rated TV 14, <laughs> so it might be a TV movie. Uh and then in 2009 he did something called Balls Out Gary the Tennis Coach, which maybe like a straight oh, wait. to video is I've that seen a, that. Is a straight Dick, to video right? uh sequel to Balls Out? I think I've seen that. Is that with Andy Dick? <laughs> Let's see, Sean William Scott, Randy Quaid, Brando Eaton, Emily Wallace. No, no, wait, no, I'm thinking Andy of something Miles. else. So, no, I have not seen that. I mean, it must be loosely affiliated with that Balls Out movie with um, Dan Fogler and Christopher Walken. Mm. Oh, no, that's Balls of Fury I'm thinking of. This yeah, is different. Yeah. That's Balls of Fury. Well... Balls out, Gary the tennis coach. I don't know what that's about. But uh, that was like the last one Randy Quaid did, more or less. He's He's been immortalized by Christmas Vacation 2, Cousin Eddie's Island Adventure. <laughs> You've seen that? Oh, yeah. I Rented it from the video store back in the late 90s. Or whatever. It was a TV movie. Didn't see it on TV, but a friend and I saw it. And we're like, God, this looks like shit. Like we were, we were teenagers and we knew this. We were the demographic. I forgot that shit. you grew up with Christmas Vacation. I didn't grow up with it, so no, it wasn't even on my radar. Well, it is pretty god awful. <laughs> you mean an hour and a half of cousin Eddie and his family is not? You know, a I good could probably put time? up with that. I I might even enjoy it. I mean, he's. He's great in the the vacation films, but I got it was just so low budget and just uh, you know (laughs) he's the lead, so that means you got to deal with like his family for half the movie too. Yeah, and they're not very interesting. That's that's exactly right. You don't want an hour and a half of them. Yeah, and they're on an island. (laughs) Gotta survive like Lord of the Flies type shit. They're on an adventure. Swiss Family Griswold. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> well, let's try and get through the Wraith here. <laughs> just real quick. Uh, I just want to mention real quick. The Wraith, when he's in his uh, driving costume, he's got these metal braces on his arms and legs. 
Every time he kills somebody, one of the braces disappears. Uh, I don't think I noticed that. They they zoom in on it and then it disappears. Oh yeah, that's okay. Yeah. I think the first one they show it like on his arm disappearing, and then the other ones it's just like part of the wreckage. So I don't know what that signifies. I guess he's breaking the chains or whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> of his oppressors. I guess I guess he's he's got unfinished business on Earth, and every time he kills somebody, he's one step away from freedom. <laughs> um the next clip is maybe my favorite scene in the movie. Um because <laughs> it's so unhinged. It's uh it's right after Augie's death. Um Packard and Carrie are in his car and uh yeah, they have a nice conversation about their relationship. Hey. Hey. Seems to be the problem. I just can't believe that Augie's dead. I mean, he lived just up the street from me. I just can't believe it. Augie's no loss, believe me. Now tell me something. What were you doing with Billy Hankins today? I was tired. I decided to go home. Don't lie to me. I love you too much for you to lie. I'm not lying, Packard. You and me. We're like, we're like blood brothers. I guess you could call us blood lovers. That's how much I love you. And when you love someone as much as I love you, after a while you feel nothing. And when you feel nothing, you can do anything. love to you. I never will. You will. Man, oh man, Sherilyn Finn. The things I would do, Brett. The things I would do. Would you you take out a switchblade knife? Grab it real tight in your fist? Yes. And then pull it out? Yes. Has like a huge cut in your your uh, palm and blood just pouring out, and then try to stick your fingers in her mouth. <laughs> <laughs> if it meant I could get 1986 Sherlyn Fenn, then it's a resounding yes. This is oh, right my. around the time she was dating Johnny Depp. I think I have no idea. I'll defer to you on any Sherlyn Fenn personal business. She's a hot commodity in the 80s. And in the early 90s, of course, with Twin Peaks. But her career kind of waned for a while after Of Mice and Men and Fatal Instinct. I was just pulling up her uh, IMDb. What did she say? Fatal Instinct? Is that the the parody? Yep, of all the the erotic uh, thrillers of the 80s. 
I meant to watch that at some point. I just haven't. Oh, I have it. I love it. Carl Reiner. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yes. So that's that's the good one. <laughs> As opposed to what? That's the that's the not annoying Reiner. Oh, I, I, I know the difference between Carl and Rob, yes. Although I don't think I'm a huge fan of Carl's either. Yeah. Fatal Instinct is not well thought of, really. To tell you the truth. That was another Showtime movie from the early 90s that uh, we got off of. Yeah, we recorded off of Showtime and we used to watch it a lot. And that was before I had seen Cape Fear and Fatal Attraction and Body Heat and Basic right. Instinct. Chinatown. Next one, Chinatown a lot. Did you did you just watch Chinatown? No, I was just thinking of it the other day. I was like, God, that movie is fucking mid. <laughs> just quickly. I always laugh when this when new stuff comes out and it's basically the same plot as Chinatown, and everybody's like, God, this sucks. <laughs> <laughs> True <laughs> Detective like, season two. Yeah, it's like, oh, you don't think that uh People trying to uh, scam the water rights in California is interesting. Yeah, neither do <laughs> I, which is why I don't care about Chinatown. <laughs> the greatest screenplay ever written. <laughs> it took me forever to watch it because I was just so creeped out by uh, Polanski. Yeah. And finally I watched it. I was like, why does everyone love this so much? This is the greatest screenplay, huh? Okay. Yeah, I don't I don't get it either. It's not even that good. <laughs> that being kind of the general standard that you hear for screenplays, this makes me believe I know nothing about screenplays or film in general. It just makes me feel like shit. Yeah. yeah it's so depressing. It. Oh, this is the great this is what it's <laughs> supposed to be really good. God, I guess I I guess I know nothing then. You know, it's weird. Nobody ever brings up the incest angle in Chinatown. Like when they call it the best screenplay ever, like nobody's like, oh, by the way, some guy had sex with his daughter and got her pregnant and then they had a baby. That's what makes it so good, Brett. (laughs) It's Chinatown, Jake. (laughs) The best line ever. You can write a better line than that. What does that even mean? (laughs) I don't even know what that means. Yeah. I'd rather have, you got to be nice. Or you're not going to get your hamburgers with mayo and Thousand Island just like you love them. <laughs> That's what we need more of. I'd rather more of that and less of uh, less of explaining how the water rates in California work. <laughs> oh, they're rerouting them to the rich people so they can do, use them to water their vineyards and make wine? Okay. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> and <laughs> and Jack Nixon gets his nose cut. By Polanski, of course. <laughs> Stupid. That movie's very much uh, higher rated in the public zeitgeist than I would uh, say that it is. But or either that or True Detective Stevens season two is terribly underrated because <laughs> it's virtually the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't hate it like everyone. I mean, well, like most people did, but I didn't think it was good either. It was okay. Yeah. I was like, I think it was the last one that I watched, though. I don't think I watched Mitch. anything after that. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't either. 
but it was one of the, it was another one of those things where you kind of you kind of cheered for it because besides Colin Farrell, it was a bunch of actors that hadn't really you know broken free of the uh, you know audience's preconceived notions of them. They're trying to branch out. It's Rachel right. McAdams trying to be serious, Taylor Kitsch trying to be serious, Vince Vaughn trying to be really serious again because he pretty much hadn't since Psycho '98. <laughs> It's a good cast. It's yeah. a good cast. I like those actors. And that was also along the, that I think that was a part of like the Taylor Kitsch, uh, like string of failure. Cause what he had like battleship and he had like three bombs in a row. And I think like this his, was kind of yeah. one of them. Audiences were like, we don't want Taylor Kitsch. Yeah. Savages was kind of one. Savages was good. We talked about savages. Yeah. I forget. Did we watch? We watched the director's cut, didn't we? I believe so. I did when I challenged you. I don't know what you watched. I'm pretty sure I did. I don't know what the different. I think they just added a couple scenes that weren't in the theatrical. It's not like it's different. It's just like extended. You get more context. Context is everything, Brett. Well, you don't edit Shakespeare, Brett. (laughs) I forgot they're doing a. They're doing a follow-up to the Waco uh, miniseries. From, called Ruby uh, Ridge? No, it's called Waco, The Aftermath. And Taylor Kitsch plays older David Koresh, <laughs> according to IMDb. What, is this like he snuck down to Argentina and hit out for a while or what? <laughs> I don't know, because they all <laughs> died in that movie. Yeah, Taylor Kitsch, he had John Carter... Battleship and Savages all come out in the same year. Yep. And none of those was a hit. No. Was that also the same year as the True Detective season two? True Detective was 2015. So that was like his uh, comeback attempt. Mm-hmm. And season two was 2015, huh? Yep. He was in Lone Survivor in 2013. Yeah, we all know that's a Marky Mark film, though. Spoiler alert. Or how that <laughs> one ends. I think I saw people complain. I didn't see that movie, but I'm sure I saw people complain that the trailers spoiled it. Uh, everybody dies except for Marky Mark. It's called Lone Survivor. Based on a true story. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, the Wraith goes and shoots up the uh, chop shop. <laughs> that was pretty cool. Packard calls his gun a kidney buster. I don't think I've ever heard that term. <laughs> Neither did I. Yeah, it's a good. What you gonna do with that kidney buster there? Uh, he's like, oh, it's full. Of, this place is full of ether and some other kind of gas. I forget what he said. Um, he but he's just shooting driven his car in there and blown everything up. He's got a plan. It's just like the Northmen. You got to follow the de- the uh, what you call it the uh, prophecy. <laughs> <laughs> you can't do things. Out of order. <laughs> you got to follow the prophecy. And then you find out that your mom actually hated your dad and that your brother is actually your uncle's kid and she wanted your dad dead. Anyways. But they, did they tell the Wraith the prophecy? It's just implied. Or was it? <laughs> I don't know. I just made that up. <laughs> <laughs> it, was like it, was, it was not implied at all. It's like there's another... There's another 50 minutes, Eric. We gotta we gotta stretch this out a little bit. We've only killed <laughs> one guy so far. 
Like you can't just go kill everybody <laughs> in the first 40 minutes. Anyway, so he shoots up the place and then uh, the next day Loomis uh, stops by the, uh, it's like an airplane junkyard or something. I don't know. Uh, Skank's uncle apparently owns the place and Skank and Gutterboy are kind of working there. Who knows what they do, but just working on planes. I know my concerns would be alleviated if I saw Skank and Gutterboy working on my plane. Gutterboy was stamping everything okay to fly. <laughs> <laughs> Skank was drinking hydraulic fluid. Mm-hmm. I believe that's I our next clip because uh, Loomis has to come and ask him some questions, right? Yes, and I love the Gutter Boy's answers to some of these. <laughs> Morning, fellas. Yo. Skank? It's a nice place you got here. Skank, help you? Been working here long? Man, I smell a cop. You smell a cop? Well, I smell french fries, Skank, but that don't make no sense, huh? <laughs> Bud, you got a warrant. I don't need a warrant when I have this badge. Well, we know our constipational rights, sir. You can't just come in here and... Oh, wow. I got this problem, fellas. Augie Fisher, your buddy who got greased. I want to know who was driving the car that ran him into Kingdom Come. Nobody's seen that guy before. He hit me in the head again, skank. Okay. I can't remember dog squeeze when it comes to getting run off the roads there, Loomis. I can see why, skank. I can call you Skank, can I? Yeah. Unless you like Maurice better. <laughs> <laughs> well, you listen good, Skank. I know it's going to be hard with your melon on chemical overload. But there's a killer out there, and I'm going to track the hairball down. So when you two craterheads get finished mining for nose gold and you get a relapse of memory, you let me know, huh? Mm-hmm. I'm just a phone call away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we ain't got no telephone skank. <coughs> but a little hydro pump. No. <laughs> but a little hydro pump. <laughs> we ain't got no telephone skank. <laughs> That's his biggest worry. So like, how are we going to call him? I like, too, he's like, we know our constipational rights. <laughs> yeah, he has some great uh, lines, that uh, gutter boy. They're a little Beavis and Butt- Butt-Eddy. A little bit. Yeah, that's a good comparison. I didn't think of that, but that fits. Oh, gutter boy. I smell french fries, but that don't make no sense. <laughs> <laughs> it's all non sequiturs. Like, it doesn't make sense. Because <laughs> they're on chemical overload, those crater heads. Yes. But he's saying, if you have a relapse of memory, <laughs> give me a call. Yeah, something like that. And it was like one saying after another. Yeah. Yeah, Loomis is always implying that these guys are stoned or on drugs or whatever. But I, I think Skank is the only one that is. 
Like everybody else is pretty sober. Well, I think Gutterboy just kind of blew his mind out on that stuff. I don't know. I think he might just be special. You know, it's possible. I mean? like, like special needs. Well, I, I mean, I think Packer is more of a stand-up guy than that. I don't think he'd take advantage of somebody lesser than him. <laughs> have you have you met this guy? <laughs> Obviously uh, not personally, but on screen. It's like Rughead. He kind of just bullies into, you know, keeping his car in in shape and does all the modifications, chops all the other cars. He's the smartest guy in there, but right and he's uh he's making all the gadgets and stuff he's got the digital radio jammer or whatever whatever that works i think our next clip is uh right away they're back at big k's and uh packard is meeting with the crew when he's putting skank and gutter boy on the task of finding the guy that killed augie so where is he tuna can Dude, we couldn't find a sweat ball anywhere. Yeah, we went across town, down to Crawford Gully, and we stopped for a, a box of goobers. You guys are pissing me off. I want that faggot. Yeah, this freaks into us for about 13,000 bucks. We spent all last night banging on them two bodies. I got, I got scabs on my knuckles and everything like that. It's your damn job, gutter boy. What's he got with us? What he's got is an ass full of trouble. Yeah, it's about time we get into somebody's ass, huh? <laughs> we will be here like a red-headed stepchild. I'm gonna knock his ass lower than whale shit. Where does he go? I don't know. But I'm gonna find that son of a bitch. Hey, Carrie, I'll pick you up later tonight, so do yourself a favor and be here. Good, our boy's gonna beat him like a red-headed stepchild. And Skank's gonna beat him lower than whale shit. <laughs> Hear some more of that banging soundtrack in the background. Yes. Thought we could maybe point out a couple uh, of the tracks. We got Secret Loser by Ozzy. So we got an Ozzy track. There's a a, a Motley Crue track, which is uh, The Smoking in the Boys' Room. We got Addicted to Love and Power Love by Lion. Matter of the Heart by Bonnie Tyler. Rebel, Rebel Yell. Yeah. Billy Idol. Yeah, some big names in this soundtrack. Yeah, there's another Lion track called Never Surrender. I forget if it's available. No, it was. It's not available for digital download. Not on iTunes, I should say. I bet you could grab the soundtrack off of eBay, maybe. For a hefty price. Oh, I'm sure. I like to hear the Packard before he leaves. He says, uh, Carrie, I'm coming back to pick you up later. You better be there. <laughs> be here. And she's not there. Much to well, his chagrin. Yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, first, the Wraith car shows up before anything can happen. Mm-hmm. And Minty, we find out it's Minty after he dies. Uh, he drives a yellow Trans Am. It's his turn to take him on. Well, because this is car, like he gets in his car, and then it's the note from the Wraith, right? He tells him where he's at. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that was what this was. Yep. Because he's, you know, he wants 
skank and gutter boy to find him and then he gets in his car and there's a there's a handwritten note <laughs> but yeah, i'll be then, waiting but yeah then minty takes him on i forget what, what kind of car is minty driving he's got a yellow trans am okay yeah i don't remember what augie had but uh yeah because i didn't know who minty was until after he died like it, i'm like who like i know this guy's in the gang but nobody has referred to him the entire movie who the hell is renee zellwidja <laughs> he's just been there in the background not doing anything yeah and this one the cops are waiting for him they they're in pursuit in the middle of the race uh eventually uh the wraith just stops and blocks the road and then as the as minty runs into him it explodes and then minty explodes and rolls several times just engulfed in flames Mm -hmm. uh the cops chase the wraith and they got a roadblock uh set up and then it just blows right through that and then it just disappears into the horizon nobody can nobody can uh tell what happened they don't know what happened yeah, the cops set up that roadblock, and he really just plows through them. So yeah. those cop cars just explode. Yes. It like takes the whole front ends off, both of them. Mm-hmm. And then, like, Jake just shows up at the Big K and picks up Carrie. They get chased by uh, Skank and Gutter Boy around the town. And uh, Skank tells Gutter Boy to get the gun out and shoot him. Instead, he shoots the fucking floor out of his car. Yeah, and they end then, up wrecking, uh, right? Yeah, then they crash and roll. And then uh, this is where Skank is snorting the oil or whatever, WD, the lubricant. WD-40 <laughs> or 20 or whatever it is. Maybe it's 30. I don't know. Maybe it's in the middle. And then we get the, the sex scene in the pond, right? Well, there's a, there's a, we're not quite there. They go back to Carrie's house and they make out in the, in front of her house and Packard is sitting mm. there watching them. Yeah. There's a lot of people just camped outside Carrie's house watching <laughs> <laughs> from their cars. <laughs> well, to be fair, it's Cheryl and Fed. I can understand. <laughs> well, she got started, like, you notice she never actually goes in the house or comes out of the house. She's just always in the front yard. Like they never show her <laughs> open the door. She's always just there. Some gorilla filmmaking. It's like, <laughs> is that even your house? It's like one of those things. Uh, I forget what it was. There was something I watched recently in the last year. I can't remember if it was a movie or a TV show, but it was uh, like somebody was dating somebody and they wanted them to think they're rich. So they would drop them off at a house in a rich neighborhood and then they'd, they'd go back to the poor neighborhood. <laughs> where they actually lived i think that's what cheryl and sounds familiar um i can't think of it right now either but it wasn't anything good but but it's uh the scenario is familiar for sure i think carrie might be doing that i think she might actually be homeless or poor (laughs) she just has people drop her off at that house jake drives away into outer space like one one does you know, just a normal everyday teenage thing. The wraith, as soon as Jake drives into outer space, the wraith car shows up and ruins Packard and runs him into the cemetery. And then in the cemetery, it's revealed there's a tombstone with Packard's name on it Packard hmm. Walsh. 
Dun, dun, dun. Uh, I forgot that that was his first name. I know it doesn't sound like a first name <laughs> at all. Um, in the cemetery, Skank tries to shoot the wraith, but the gun just like Looney Tunes itself. <laughs> like the barrel just like splits, like it backfires and the barrel splits and he gets knocked backwards. Mm-hmm. Not, it's really cartoony at this point. Yeah, it's like I wish there was just you know somewhat of an obstacle for the wraith to overcome, like something to throw some doubt in your in the audience's mind. Or he doesn't have to be the underdog necessarily, but make it a little bit different. Like it was a degree of difficulty of zero point zero. Like the third act. Yeah. Like there is no resistance to the Wraith he, whatsoever. He gets stronger as the time goes on. Yeah. <laughs> the more he kills, the stronger he gets. The more he kills, the more he transcends. <laughs> <laughs> what is that from? Transcendent? <laughs> from Halloween ants. Well, the trailer for Halloween ends because he doesn't really transcend. We find he's just a bitch in the third one. Corey! He's just hanging out in the sewer. Corey! <laughs> Laurie Strode's in the hospital. It's technically from the very end of Halloween Kills, which is basically previewing the third one, you know. Well, the more he kills, the tonight. more he transcends, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he went and lived in a in a sewer for like five years so homeless guy was bringing him food every couple of days <laughs> drag another vagrants outside the uh the pipes <laughs> what are you gonna say about Corey? Corey shows up and just suns him <laughs> give me a mask old man <laughs> i'm you now i'm the shape the more i kill the more i transcend <laughs> They gotta kill those. Who was the the high school kids? What were they like? The, the, the band, band, the band geeks. Yeah, <laughs> like they're the bullies of the yeah. of the city. The band, the varsity yeah. band, a roving band of band geeks, if you will, band bullies. Since like, they weren't, they were supposedly cool, making supposedly making fun of the geeks. So I guess they couldn't be geeks. Make it, making fun of the. The older kid who definitely killed a child like three years ago. Not really, but like everybody <laughs> thinks he does. Did mm-hmm. yeah, let's pick on him. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of picking on, it must be the next day in the movie because my notes. This seems like a very sudden transition because it's Tombstone that says Packard Walsh, R.I.P. And then the next thing is Loomis walks in on Packard hooking up with not Carrie. Yeah. <laughs> so he's just like, he's about to bang some random girl. She's, she's top. You get to see those are the first tits you get to see in the movie, which I, I was, uh, I didn't think there was as many tits in this movie as there are. Yeah. Not uh, enough for my taste, for my eighties taste. It is a PG 13. So, that's interesting. What? Is it? Yep. Because mm. there's not a lot of swearing in here. Tits in a PG-13 movie. So that's why there isn't enough Sherilyn Fenn for my liking either. 
Yes. You only get to see one at a time, basically. I, I thought it was PG, which is why I was surprised that there were that much. But anyways. Yeah, Packer just banging this chick, or he's about to. Um, and Loomis walks in. And uh yeah, basically he's, he takes him down to the station. Then he like looks at the girl, he's like, You okay? And she like acts like he was raping her, but like she's totally into it. <laughs> <laughs> now that doesn't maybe I maybe I didn't say that in a in a good way. Maybe that was not the best way to put it. But yeah, maybe you weren't <laughs> considering the power structure that was in place in their relationship. She seemed like she was a willing participant. At no point in the interaction did she seem in duress until Loomis showed up. Yeah. And she acted and all embarrassed. Like, <laughs> it's like, what are you doing here, Loomis? <laughs> it's right. funny, too, because Packard's like, I'll, I'll go wait in the patrol car. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the next clip at the police station. Ain't you got any air in this joint? And your friend, Minty? Well, he was maggot pie before the car exploded. Excuse me. Um, is it true that his eyeballs w- was all sucked out of his sockets and everything? Yeah. He's just like Augie. Not a mark on him. We pulled the poor bastard from the fire cold in his own sauce. Almost gives me the willies just talking about it. So before I nail you bastards to the wall, I'm going to give you a chance to cooperate. We'll do anything. Hey, (laughs) shut up. Look, Loomis, we ain't done nothing illegal except maybe bust the speed limit. So why don't you give us all a break and let us get the hell out of here? You listen to me, you son of a bitch. There's a kid out there using his car to kill people. Not that it's such a big deal since it seems to be your gang he's got it in for. So, if you guys try to take the law into your own hands and that killer turns up dead, I'm going to see you all sniffing cyanide in the Arizona gas chamber. Do you read? No, they cannot read. Maybe Packard, but... Well, the whole time he's talking to him, he's cutting out a piece of paper mm-hmm. in the shape of a person. Yeah, what do you call those little uh, like paper puppet things? It's like an accordion deal. Yeah, you know, like you fold up the paper puppet. and then you, t- you cut it once and then when you unfold it, it's just like they're all connected. And then he cuts the head off of it and he unfolds it and it's the four of them with no heads. Mm-hmm. Do you read? Very menacing, that sheriff. This is all happening while Jake's banging Carrie in the river. <laughs> yeah. Moments yeah, after. So was told... that was that a river or a a, a quarry? I think a he, pond. I think he said the the river when they went this time. Okay. Uh, I I don't know what they called it, or if they called it anything before. It's like a, it's like a gorge or a quarry or something. <laughs> I don't know. It's not even like a real river. It's like a stream. But yeah, she told him about his dream, uh, or she dreamed about Jamie, and then he's like, "Oh, that's nice. Want to fuck?" 
It's implied. Ooh. It's implied. They don't really show it. She she takes her tits out. She does. Uh, but anyways, they get let go from the police station. And Rughead, he's done. He's done. He's quits. He quits the gang. He says, this is a wraith. It's a spirit, a ghost. Out to get us. I'm out of here. As soon as he uh, gets about halfway down the road, here comes the wraith car. Just blows right through their chop shop. And it's like the biggest explosion you could ever see. (laughs) (laughs) This is amazing. It was an amazing explosion. Rughead got out unscathed. Well, pretty much unscathed. He had the the ash blackface on. Mm -hmm. It's like uh, Wile E. Coyote or something. (laughs) It looks like he did the little rascals where uh, his marble went up the... uh, the exhaust pipe and then it backfired on him. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, his hair was already up, but. Or like the Marx Brothers or whatever, you know? Yeah. <laughs> then they walk around being uh, mistaken for black people. <laughs> well, on the a day at the races, the Marx Brothers, they, they rubbed axle grease over their face. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it blended with the uh, everyone in the stables that was working at the time. <laughs> And they also had enough time to do a musical number. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Should we cancel them? Is it too late to cancel them? Day of the Races is a pretty solid one for Marx Brothers. I think I've seen that one. I've only seen maybe two or three of their movies. I'm not a huge fan. I don't know. Like Nothing I've seen has been like my cup of tea. So you didn't care for Duck Soup or Cannibal Crackers, Night at the Opera? You didn't like? I can't remember which one. I think I saw Night at the Opera. Um, did I see Duck Soup? I can't remember. Is there one where they're on a cruise ship? Uh, I think that's... Uh, oh, what is that one? Uh, I've seen it. That's one of their lesser ones. Is that Go What? Uh, I forget which one that is, but yeah, that's not one of their... Well, hold on. But yeah, Duck Soup is... Usually, it's most people's favorite. Uh, other people would say Night at the Opera. So those are kind of like one and two interchangeable. Right. Animal Crackers is another great one. Day of the Races isn't bad. Um, Coconuts is decent. Um, I even I, I like a night uh, night in Casablanca, which is not very very well thought of, but I enjoyed it. Is it Monkey Business? Is that the one I'm thinking of? Uh, might be Monkey. Business is another er is that another earlier one? I'm thinking of Animal Crackers. Crossing. Yeah, I think that's it. Monkey business, yeah. I think I've what, seen that one. What I, year was I that? Think of 31. Okay, yeah, that's one of the earlier ones. It's a more well I, thought of one. I think I've seen that one. I think I've seen like Go West and the Big Store, like that stuff isn't very well thought of. Yeah. I don't know. I, I'm pretty sure I've seen a night at the opera. Maybe the a day at the races. I can't remember. I guess I'll have to challenge you to watch Duck Soup then. It's only like 70 minutes. I don't remember if I've seen that one. I might. No, I don't think I have because that's the one that Rob Zombie took all his names from. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> but I've heard, like, I, I know people have told me that. Like, I, I knew somebody who said that was his favorite comedy of all time. Yeah. All right. Uh, so where are we at now? So, yeah, okay, you just blew up the chop shop. Loomis shows up pretty soon right, at, right after, right? Is everybody yeah, still think... smoking and Rughead's running around distraught? 
<laughs> I think I think the next two clips you can probably play back to back because they're right one after the other. Loomis shows up to the uh, the chop shop rubble, and he uh, he talks to Rughead who who tells him about the wraith, and uh, and then he goes and talks to Billy. I warned uh, him. I warned him <laughs> because Loomis immediately accepts the story that it's a ghost <laughs> seeking revenge. There can be no other explanation. Kind of a mess now, don't you think? The gutter boy. They scared. They were they were right there. It's like they vaporized. They were adios by the kid in the turbo. I warned them. I warned them. What are you trying to say, boy? <laughs> gutter boy. We're in there when the face flew. I didn't know they had a kid in the car. I didn't know it was Jamie Hankins until he came up missing. What you're telling me is that Packard and the others killed Jamie Hankins? Jamie Hankins was here the other night with a shotgun. A dead kid with a shotgun. I seen his eyes, Loomis. I seen his eyes. And I got a real bad feeling. Bad feelings don't add up to resurrections, buddy. <laughs> if it was Jamie Hankins, then why'd they kill him off in the first place? I don't know. I've been too scared to say nothing. Packard hated Jamie. Packard hates everybody. He hates me. I don't want to get killed over something I had nothing to do with. Help, help. <laughs> Keep going home now. You stay there till you hear from me, huh? And what is our penultimate clip? Is that what you call it? Next to last. Sure. <laughs> it's uh Loomis goes to the big K <clears throat> Loomis goes to the big K to question uh Billy about Jamie's murder. That's right. He's overworked. He's I think he's the only cook. He is, yeah, and he's filling drinks too. Like no, the waitresses don't do shit; they just run the orders. <laughs> How you doing, kid? I'm uh, Officer Loomis. Can I have a word with you? What do you need? I'm swamped. Need some information about your brother. That's easy. He's dead. Order up. Yeah, I know, but um, his body never turned up, and now I've got four dead kids in one week. Four. There was two. Stankin' gutter boy. Got lunched out at the warehouse. Wow. I figure Packard Walsh is next. Yeah, well, if he is, I'll shake the hand of the guy who does it. Order up! That might be, um, impossible. Did your, uh, brother have a girl? Well, the night he was killed, he was with Carrie Johnson. Everybody knows that. Somebody busted in and smashed her head. She woke up the next day on a deserted highway somewhere, wrapped in a Navajo blanket. Does she have any idea who did it? Uh, drifters maybe, maybe smugglers. Maybe Packard Walsh? Who knows? She never knew who did it, or she would have said so. Gary Johnson, huh? Mm. Thanks. Order up! 
Hey, uh, officer? Mm -hmm. Yeah. What's my brother have to do with four dead guys? I mean, what's the connection? That's what I'm gonna find out. Billy's kind of dumb. <laughs> maybe drifters, maybe smugglers. Who knows? Could be anybody. He's using his outdoor voice indoors. <laughs> well, it's very loud in the kitchen. Yeah, well, Randy Quay is just talking normally. <laughs> and Billy's still in his order up voice. Yeah. He's dead. <laughs> He really has very little tact when bringing up his brother. <laughs> What's going on with your brother? He's dead. <laughs> but it doesn't seem hear? to like bother him all that. He's not distraught over it so much. No. Like he I doesn't mean, even care. Sure like did they have they said how long it was? Was it like a year? Oh, it had to be recent. They're yeah. all about the same age. Yeah. <laughs> Probably within a year. Um I like how he like doesn't care like that they don't know who killed his brother, too. <laughs> it's like it's clearly Packard Walsh. Like everybody knows it's Packard Walsh, except for him and Carrie Johnson and the police who didn't investigate it. <laughs> yeah, and you like, think Carrie would just have to put two and two together, you know, connect the dots? Well, she was wrapped in a Navajo blanket. It must have been. <laughs> drifters that was such an odd detail i'm like in a navajo blanket <laughs> what does that have to do with anything right i don't know <laughs> packard would never have a navajo blanket he's clearly racist <laughs> yeah this, so this it starts to wrap up here jake stops by carrie's place i think it's carrie's place and he says some real, real cryptic shit to her Says, I've come a long way. My time is almost up. Stuff like that. Um, and then uh, Packard, uh, let's see, I think back at the big K. This might all happen to the big K. I don't know. I don't remember. But Packard kidnaps Carrie and he beats up Billy. And then there, he's driving away with Carrie and uh, she brings up the night that Jamie died and he he slaps her. Because that's the kind of guy he is. And then he stupidly stops the car so they can get out to argue with each other outside the car. <laughs> which, oh, <laughs> which opens it up for the um, the Wraith car to show up. Uh, and of course, Packard is too stupid to let uh, an opportunity pass him by. And he's got to race the guy. Mm -hmm. The guy who's killed his entire gang over the last three days. He of proceeds to toy with him well. before killing Peck, finally. <laughs> there's a, the cops are chasing. They take, there's a car or there's a truck hauling cars. They take out a lot of, uh, a lot of stuff going on. And then, uh, eventually the race car gets way ahead, turns around and then they, they collide head on. And it's a huge explosion. It's almost as big as the, uh, the warehouse explosion and with that loomis just gives up he closes the case so that's the that's the end of it <laughs> speaking of loomis did you notice i think it was in this scene with billy did you notice he likes just a little bit of coffee with his sugar 
Yes. He's pouring that in there for about 10 <laughs> seconds. <laughs> so Jesus. Like they cut away and then they cut back. He's still <laughs> pouring it. <laughs> uh, that sounds about right. This movie did seem a little bit like a Stephen King ripoff. A little bit, yeah. I think it's better than most Stephen King stuff, though. Yeah. I mean, it's always hit or miss. It depends on, you know. At least most Stephen King stuff, like what iteration it is after it. this. <laughs> like maybe the 90s and later. Well, let's see. Maximum Overdrive was the same year. Not that that's good, but it's fun. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, obviously, The Shining. Misery was wow. after this. That was late 80s, right? Yeah. I guess Christine would be probably the closest. Yeah. Christine was good. I've never seen Cujo. Cujo's all right. Pet Cemetery was after this. Cujo is almost entirely a woman and her kid locked in a car with a rabid dog outside. Mm. It's like the entire movie. So it's like that scene from uh, Don't Breathe, but it's like an hour and a half instead of 10 Yeah, minutes. pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not as... In- it's not as exciting. I'm sure not. <laughs> There's no stories about how, why did you get a butterfly or a, not a butterfly, a ladybug tattooed on your hand? <laughs> <laughs> well, you see, when I was a kid, my mom used to lock me in the trunk. <laughs> oh, sorry, I asked. I'm sure Cujo doesn't have the threat of an old man with a turkey baster full of cum <laughs> waiting for you in the dark. <laughs> I'm not a rapist. <laughs> God. No, there's there's nothing like that. It's been Good. a little since I've seen it, but from what <laughs> I remember, it was, it was mostly just a, a woman and her kid locked in the car, and the, the dog had rabies, and it was just, like, mean. And yeah. they couldn't get out because the dog was mean. Well, that was the last horror extravaganza, right? We did Don't Breathe last September, October? I believe so. Yeah. That's a good movie. I liked it. The sequel, not so much. Yeah. Sequel is gross. Shit's gross. <laughs> I haven't seen it. That shit is gross. All right. Uh, so I guess we come to our final clip, if you want to call it that. Yeah, they got to wrap a few things up. Um, like uh, Loomis just closes the case. The Wraith car shows up at Carrie's house and it's uh, it's Jake. And he's like, oh, by the way, I'm actually Jamie and uh, I'm leaving. Nice to meet you. And yeah, then, so, uh, hold on a second. So now you did kind of mention like he doesn't have much time left, but I kind of wrote that. I was like, wait, so why why don't they leave or why does he leave at the end? Because he basically well, tells his brother to go fuck off and like all the bad guys are dead. Like they could live together in peace. But he's just like, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's dead. Yeah. And he's already all back his, now. Well, all back. his uh all his uh, braces are are disappeared off his arms and legs, so now he can go to heaven. There was no exposition to let us know that those were like you have to know. infer that from when they zoom in <laughs> on it and it disappears. Those were like symbols of his <laughs> lifespan, I guess. It was like, this is what's keeping him from going to heaven. He's got to go murder all the people responsible for his death. I like, too, he goes to talk to, to Billy. 
he gives him the turbo is the turbo interceptor he calls it mm-hmm. which he's used to kill uh, several people which is wanted by the police sure uh they want to know who's driving it and now it's at billy's and he's going to be driving it around town <laughs> just asking for trouble <laughs> and then uh before uh before jake slash jamie gets on his motorbike and rides away which i don't know where that came from it was just there uh billy goes who are you bro you said it and then he walks away and he drives away he goes to to pick up carrie again and uh yeah i I think this is the last clip here it reminds us of a clip from another film that we've discussed before He remembers his name. <laughs> he knows my name. <laughs> Jamie! He knows my name. <laughs> yes, yeah, so now, now that we have the clip that you always wanted from Jingle All the Way, are you happy now? I, I'm very happy. It's, <laughs> uh, it's about time. It's a uh, Seven years in the making. Well, six and a half. About six and a half years. From our famous Jingle All the Way episode, it was the one clip that you wanted that I didn't get. (laughs) I got another one where he yells Jamie. It was was literally like the only clip. It was like the first episode we had clips on. Or maybe not the first episode. It was the first uh, episode we had three people hosting, I think. But... uh, Yes, Jingle All the Way, my favorite Christmas movie, the best Christmas movie ever made. We did a, a fantastic episode on it, and I had one request: get the clip where Arnold's dressed as Turbo Man at the parade, and he yells Jamie, and Jamie goes, "He knows my name." No, I don't Aaron's think I had heard the last part because there's plenty of times at the he knows at the parade where he's dressed as Turbo Man, yells Jamie, and Jamie. I got the wrong one. It's when they turn the thing up and <laughs> his autistic jake lloyd is <laughs> little autistic <laughs> jamie gets right up next to his dad and he still don't recognize him <laughs> how do you know my name he's like I, the helmet's halfway off and then before a Mel, uh, byron shows up whatever his name was and the the helmet's a visor anyways the yeah, front of it yeah it, it, there's only like a yellow uh, face mask or whatever a screen visor as you a yellow a yellow covid face screen <laughs> over the top half of his face so like, you could see his mouth and his nose and stuff and like yeah. he's he's down below so like you could see up underneath it like yeah uh, well i guess uh, he hasn't been home enough he's been selling mattresses <laughs> yeah so now we've done we've done two films where people yell jamie and uh kind of a ridiculous way i was just busting when i saw that because i I forgot that was in there and uh actually even even when he introduces in the in the beginning when he's like you know my brother jamie i was like his name is jamie 
That's fucking hilarious. Jamie! And then he did it. So it's good. It's great. All right. um, Anything else before uh, we rate this? Yeah, not really. Loomis, it ends with Loomis watching them drive off into the wherever. You know. Not to the ether. He don't care about who committed all those murders. It was clearly a wraith. Well, he doesn't have to put up with those shit heels anymore. <laughs> all those different terms he used for drug users. <laughs> yeah. Um so like overdose I... that you call a brain. <laughs> so like I said, I, I'd give this an eventually. Eventually. Now, if if the third act was as good as the first two, I would give it a soonish. The first two acts are soonish level, I think. It's perfect. It's right up my alley with the 80s. It's perfect mix of soundtrack and cheesy campiness. So it's a lot of it's a lot of fun. And the third act, I was just like, yeah, there's you know, there's there's nothing difficult about what he's doing. <laughs> it's so easy. Oh, I like the third act. Sometimes it's nice to see a one-sided fight when the good guy wins. <laughs> Some of the best fights are one-sided, you know. <laughs> You get to see all the cool stuff. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, I liked it. I, uh, it's just a soonish. It's 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 just across the threshold of soonish for me. I gave it a four out of five on Letterboxed. Okay. Um, but yeah, I, I really enjoy it. Soonish. All right. Well, I think we can get into fun facts. Hey, everybody. Here's some fun facts. Yeah, so the first one here, the black car featured in the movie was a real-life technological wonder, the Dodge M4S, a joint effort of the Dodge Division of Chrysler Motors and PPG Industries, one of the highly sophisticated PPG uh, pace cars for the PPG Kart Indy Car World Series, designed on 1981 by Bob Ackerman. The M4S was manufactured and constructed at an estimated cost of $1.1 million and featured performance and technology to match that lofty figure. The innovative body design was developed in the Chrysler Studios while PPG developed the finish, a special bronze pearl paint job formulated just for this car. The M4S was powered by a Chrysler 2.2-liter four-cylinder one-of-a-kind engine that exceeded 194 miles per hour. According to Gary Hellerstein, transportation coordinator for this film, a total of seven versions of the M4S were needed for filming. The original on loan from Dodge was used for close-ups and details. Two more drivers consisting of perfectly detailed bodies on dune buggy chassis uh, were used for uh, stunt driving chores. There were four shells, empty bodies on bare, towable frames that were sacrificed in various crash scenes. Mm. Here's a fun fact. So each time the Wraith kills one of the gang members, a mysterious arm or leg brace is shown vanishing. This was meant to signify the Wraith getting stronger with each realized act of revenge. Scene confused audiences because it's not really obvious as you watch the film, but it was confirmed by director Mike Harvin in interviews. So... I, I guess it's not time thought, running out, it's just him getting stronger. Well, I said that. I said he gets stronger as he uh, as he goes along and yeah. starts killing people. But, and then 
Once he's killed everybody, he's got to go. He didn't say it was signified by the braces. Cheating. (laughs) (laughs) It's two things. He's got to kill everybody to be free, and he gets stronger as he goes. Uh, these next two kind of go together. It's de- the movie is dedicated to the memory of Bruce Ingram, who worked on the film as an assistant cameraman. He was the single person killed when the camera car overturned um, while filming a chase sequence shot on a mount- on a mountainside outside of Tucson. A uh, crew member was killed, and another another was critically injured. According to supplementary material on the DVD, a camera car was overloaded and overturned. This was the only serious accident during the filming. Mm-hmm. They write it like they expected it to be worse. Like <laughs> you shouldn't expect people to die on a film set. <laughs> Here's a fun fact: the futuristic weapon wielded by the Wraith is a Franchi Franchi F R A N C H I. SPAS-12 shotgun with a folding stock. It was a 12-gauge tactical shotgun made in Italy and has the unusual property of functioning in both pump and semi-automatic modes. The odd hook on the weapon is for firing the weapon one-handed with the stock extended as it wraps around the forearm. Mm. Here's another fun fact. Even though both characters are adversaries, did you notice that Packard and Sheriff Loomis Wear identical, identically styled gemstone band wristwatches. No, Packard wears his on his right wrist, and Loomis wears his on his left. Only a psycho wears a watch on the right arm. <laughs> 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 He's crazy. He's crazy. That's how you know. As you mentioned earlier, Johnny Depp, who was then dating Sherilyn Finn, was present during filming and was living in the film crew's hotel with Finn. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, she, I, she was very supportive on Twitter throughout his trial with Amber Heard. Hmm? Sherilyn Fenn was very supportive of. I see. He, she uh, likes to bring it up a lot that they used to date. <laughs> <laughs> I heard Johnny Depp's back. He was at uh, Cannes or wherever. They, yeah, they had the festival. Said Hollywood, he doesn't doesn't hasn't have a use for Hollywood anymore. Doesn't need doesn't him. Need him. Doesn't need him. He's sixty years old, <laughs> and he still likes accessories <laughs> very much. Love that Tosh bit. That was back when he was still in his forties, like forty eight or something. Yeah. According to Charlie Sheen, when he appeared on Jay Leno's Garage, I shot this in a pit stop on the way to the Philippines to film Platoon. Sheen said of the Wraith. Um, Oliver Stone went inside in the movie theater and called me so angrily afterwards, Sheen recalls, as Stone was genuinely worried that Wraith was going to soil people's opinions of Platoon. Here's another fun fact. This was originally titled Turbo Interceptor, after the car. Clint Howard's character was, in fact, or as hairstyle at least, was in fact inspired by Eraserhead. As a tribute to David Lynch, who was a big influence on the film and director Mike Marvin. Here's a fun fact. Yeah, all of Charlie Sheen's scenes were filmed in one day. He's on screen for less than 30 minutes. So Charlie Sheen's scenes were filmed in one day? In one day. That's that's bullshit. The entire film took 27 days. It was more than one day. There's no way 
we talked earlier, like, oh, maybe he had a stunt double. I was like, well, no, he doesn't need one. Okay, if if it was one day, then yeah, he's gonna have a stunt double. But still, all the scenes, like he's at the he's at the quarry, he's driving on his motorcycle, he's at no, I don't think so. Well, there's two scenes at the quarry, like three scenes at Big K's, and like three or four scenes at Carrie's house. And there's the and then the chase through the city. There's the sex That's, scene that was interrupted by the gang. When he uh, gets that killed. is a lot of setups for one day, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Maybe two days. <laughs> I don't believe the one day. Maybe it was one week. I believe one week. Clint Howard wore a wig. And that is a scientific fact. What? Actually, uh, it'd be better if you didn't. Yeah. <laughs> So Packer drove a late 1970s Corvette with a custom paint job and rose and, and nose clip with the tail of an 84 vet. Augie drove an uh, 86 Dodge Daytona Turbo Z. Minty drove a 77 Firebird with a highly visible but apparently non-functional supercharger. Skank and Gutterboy drove a beat-up 66 Plymouth Barracuda. Rockhead was driving a late 70s GMC pickup. Uh, the couple who were cheated out of their car in the uh, first race we're driving a similar Daytona Turbo Z. Uh, police drove a variety of mid eighties, uh, Caravels and Grand Furies. Early eighties Malibus. Loomis had a Plymouth Caravel. So that does does it for the cars. Yep, that's it for the uh, trivia as well. Yeah. All right. Anything else before we wrap it up? No, I. I... Glad we did this. I think it's a it's a good movie, and uh, I know it's popular with the uh, with the cult. It's a cult yeah. classic. No, you're right. It was a it's a good episode, to, or it's a good movie to do an episode on. I guess we should mention that you know that uh, the Jamie clip we thought about doing for an out of context clip. And if you're unaware, we at the very end of the episode, after our bumper, after we do our plugs and our, the the bumper. I insert an out of context clip. A clip from the movie that is pretty funny out of context. Now, this we don't I don't think we have the strongest one for this one, but uh in uh, episodes past, we've had some pretty good ones, starting with the rookie from about two years ago, I think. Like one of the first films of our summer series. Yeah, the probably. Idea. The recently seen episodes don't have an out of context clip, but it's like a little reward for listening to everything, basically. And a bumper is only about 10 seconds long anyways, so. Yeah. Worth it to stick all the way to the end. Yeah. So it was originally going to be, Jamie, and then insert jingle all the way, Jamie. But I don't know. I don't I don't want to put that as the out of context because that's from a different movie. It's true. It's always got to be from true. the film we discuss. Yes. So. And the constipational rights would have would have been a good one, but that was part of a larger clip that we play because we always try to the out of context clip we don't touch on it during the episode. Yes, it's a surprise. Mm-hmm. You could probably use one of the several times where they use the F slur, <laughs> <laughs> which yeah. was less than you'd expect, but still, it was like four or five times. So I mean, this one's obviously not going to go over. <laughs> that well because we built it up too much but if you uh, revisit past episodes and there's some really good ones the rookie one was was perfect 
and uh the dress to kill episode uh, i re-listened to, the, to that one the other day that one was hilarious <laughs> you have to uh listen to that one there's some good ones um so yeah brett where can people find wtm merchandise including a shirt that says head sheriff in charge hsoc oh, sorry hsic <laughs> HSIC. Head to uh, sorry. Head to wtmwatchthismovie.creator-spring.com. You can follow us on Twitter at watch this underscore movie or bread at positively wolf one. That's also where you can find them on Letterboxd. I am under Eric underscore Mulder. You can email us at watch this movie at yahoo.com and please write and review, subscribe, and Apple Podcast, Stitcher, Spotify. Amazon Music, and many other podcast apps. We will check you later. Guess we'll see you around. All right, check you later. Bye. Wait, man, why do you always shut your door, man? What are you talking about? Check you later. Check you later. (laughs) Hey, man, you're off my case. Hurry up. Try it. Try it. Hurry up. Uh.